Well, praise the Lord. Welcome again to Faith Restoration Ministries and Shekinah Theological College. Our weekly Bible study, study of the word. Our topic today is being filled with the Spirit. Father, we ask for your guidance and direction. We ask for the Holy Spirit instructions. We ask for his anointing. We ask for his presence that he will speak through me as his oracle. We pray for those who will listen, Lord. It will be a blessing and time, dear God, when you reveal yourself in a newer way, explaining, expanding our mind, giving us new knowledge and revelation. We pray a blessing today. We pray for the anointing. We pray, God, that you cover us under the precious blood of Jesus Christ and keep each and every one of us protected from the onslaught of the enemy. Help us to be wise and to be vigilant that Lord will know his tactics and will not be taken advantage of. I will give him the advantage. We ask this in no other name but the precious and wonderful name of Jesus, to whom be glory, praise, and honor. Amen. We, there are some questions we'll be asking today. What does it really mean to be filled with the Spirit? How do we know that we are filled with the Spirit? Do we know we are filled with the Spirit? Is it when we are speaking in tongues? Is it being able to pray loudly more, being able to pray more or longer? Is it in giving, church attendance, doing good works? Does it really mean to be filled with the Spirit? You're listening to Faith Restoration Ministries and Shekinah Theological College. And we hope that by the grace of God, we'll be able to give some answers today and talk a little bit about these, these topics. They may sound simple, but they are very deep. And I know that God wants his people to know. This is why he says um, in 2 Timothy chapter 2 and verse 15, study. Study means it's going to take some time. You've got to set aside time. You know, there are people who want to study and come to the college here. They want to pass. Someone said, oh, I want to be placed by such a time. And then the person is just not even dragging. It's like trying to flog a dead horse to get the individual to study. And some people are like that. They want the certificate. They want to gain that upper level with God, but they don't know. They have no knowledge. They don't even know him or how to reach him. The Bible says study to show yourself approved of God. Approved of God. A workman. It's what we are. Work people working for God, working in the vineyard, who need not to be ashamed when the heretics come before, the apostates come before us, the legalistics come before us. We are able to respond to them, rightly dividing the word of truth, knowing the answers, at least knowing the answers. We may not know everything, and they're trying to gotta get that Bible. This is why I can't understand people walking around with a what they call it, and the, the tablet. They don't use the Bible anymore. Some churches are allowing you to check your Bible. But let me say here, King James Bible. I heard someone talking recently that uh, they kind of trust the King James because it was written from so many other manuscripts and this manuscript and this got lost. I don't pay them no attention. This is the same Bible that's kept people down through the ages. The same word. 
And that's why they're writing all these new Bibles today. Stay away from them. Stay away from these new Bibles. People are just looking for money. One, there's one particular place where um, when they're raising, when they're having their money thon, $1,000 for a Bible. Can I believe it? But anyway, we have to study to know. So we're going to be looking at these topics today and see how best we can really address them through the power and the anointing of the Holy Spirit and His help. What does it mean to be filled with the Spirit? To be filled when a person is drunk. Let's borrow this. Jesus always used to use parables, practical things. When someone is drunk, you can tell. How does a person become drunk? Because a person drank excess alcohol. Whether it was two bears, he only he knew that only one bear could manage one bear and still, you know, be uh, be aware of where he's at. But two bears, three bears, four bears, whoa, he's out. So right there and then, he's filled with alcohol. The power, when he does things, says things, drives and causes an accident, it's the alcohol that's working in him. This is not the normal person. Normally, he would not have driven like that. He would not have got bumped into someone like that. He would not have said even the things that he did. He would not be bouncing here and bouncing there, reeling to and fro, like, just like the drunken man. Because he's in his right mind. Alcohol has not taken over his body. So, at that point, he's filled with spirit. Alcohol is the spirit. You know, alcohol is spirit. You know that, right? He's filled with that. So, he's being controlled by alcohol. Thank you, Holy Spirit. He's being controlled by alcohol. So it is. When you're filled with the Spirit, you're being controlled by the Spirit. You allow, rather, the Spirit to control your life. Okay. In Acts 2 and 4, the people spoke as the Spirit directed them. And let's look at it. Acts 2 and verse 4. Acts chapter 2 and verse 4. This is what it says here. And you know, um, if we're doing Bible study, always have your Bible with you. Hear what it says. And they were filled with the Holy Ghost and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. It was the anointing of the Holy Ghost in them that caused them to speak other languages. You know people speak in tongues these days. They, don't, they themselves don't know what they're saying. These men didn't know what they were saying either. They were speaking languages they never knew. But the people around them could understand. And if you go there, let me see. There were, if you read uh, in... Um, Verses 9, 10, verses 9 to 11, it tells the different languages that they were speaking while they spoke in tongues. They spoke in tongues, but there were languages, and the people around them, each person could understand his or her language and knew what they were saying, even if they didn't know themselves. So, because they were filled with the Spirit, they began, the Spirit gave them the utterance. The, peep, the Spirit empowered them to speak those languages 
different ones were speaking. There were 120 of them speaking different languages that these people understood. You see? So maybe so many were speaking in, um, let's see what we have here. So many were speaking in, oh God, Parthian, others Medes, others Cappadocia, and so forth. That's what being filled in the Spirit, being filled in the Spirit gives you that power. This is how alcohol gives it to you. It gives that power to do things that are extraordinary that you wouldn't have done normally in your own strength. So that's what I would say I, um, I want to share here. I wish um, we could have some questions today, but definitely we won't. The people did not know the language, but the Spirit gave them utterance. They were controlled by the Spirit as the anointing fell upon them. All right? Everyone, whatever the ministry, must be controlled by the Spirit. Otherwise, you're working in the flesh. Being filled with the Spirit is a continuous daily experience through submission, meditation, worship, and praises to our King. You also have to fast to get to know the Spirit, to draw closer to the Lord. Prayer. Consistent prayer, which means every day you spend time praying, reading and studying, applying the word, just reading the word. Oh, I read a passage every day. Do you understand what you've read? Do you apply the knowledge of what you've gained from your reading? These are what have to build you up for the Holy Spirit to work through you. And you can say, yes, I'm walking in the Spirit. And this is explained or showed through our behavior. Our behavior will show to the world, oh, you're different. You're different. Our conduct, the way we do business, the thoughts. There are certain thoughts we would not occupy, cannot occupy our minds. We drive them away immediately. We rebuke them. Because there are thoughts that are sown in our minds by the devil. When we have the right thoughts, they, you can tell the difference. Because the right thoughts will produce good fruits which are righteous and truthful. Let's look at this. Um, Ephesians 5 and verse 9. You can look at that. You can read it yourself. We can't read all of the scriptures today. But I'm giving them to you so that you can... Um, you can read Ephesians chapter 5, and I hope this is not a long passage here because it's a lot we have here. It says, For the fruit of the Spirit is in all goodness and righteousness and truth, proving, verse, six, verse 10, what is acceptable unto the Lord. When you're filled with the Spirit, the Spirit will witness to you the kind of thoughts you should, that should occupy your mind, the things you should say, the books you should read, places you should go, the friends you should associate with, and all those things. These are what the Spirit does for us when we are filled with the Spirit. It's not a matter of walking and speaking in tongues, as some people. That's all they do. Walk and speak in tongues all day. You don't have time also to become involved in things that are ungodly. He said, you will prove, verse 10, what is acceptable unto the Lord. This is done through the Holy Spirit when you are filled with the Spirit. Amen, amen, amen. Then again, 
Our walk is demonstrated by our behavior, speech, and conduct. The way we do business, the thoughts which occupy our minds. We talked about that earlier. When we walk in the light, we will reprove the works of darkness. Ephesians 5 and verse 13. And you know what's going to happen also? We are going to seek fellowship with the Lord. 1 John 1 and 7 and following. 1 John 1 verse 7 and following. You can write that down and you can read it at your own time. Then we ask a question. How do we explain it there? How we know that we are um, filled with the Spirit? It gives that to us. It tells us that about praying loudly or praying longer or anything of the sort. It's not even church attendance alone. All those things are important, but they do not complete being filled with the Spirit. They are just part of. How do we follow Jesus? You see, when you're filled with the Spirit, you will want to follow Jesus. You choose to please Him. And this can only occur or happen or come to life by the infilling of the Holy Spirit, the indwelling Holy Spirit. That means the Holy Spirit occupies and controls your mind, your life. What you do, that's what the Holy Spirit does for you when we put um, our lives into his hands and say, Holy Spirit, take over. These things are very, very important. Very important. We follow Jesus. And then he says here in Luke 9 and 23, this confirms that being filled with the Spirit is a daily experience. Luke 9 and 23 said, if any man will come after me, that means if you're going to be God's disciple, Jesus' disciple, you're going to walk in the Spirit. You must deny yourself. Take up your cross daily and follow the Lord. This is what we do. It's vitally important that we seek to please the Lord. And this can only be done when we are walking in the Spirit, when we are filled with the Spirit, when we are following Jesus Christ. We can't follow the Lord without the Holy Spirit in our lives. We need that power. The same way. The drunken man. There are some things you may find a drunken man may do. If he, you know, bad things. Not that it's good. Bad things. You know, are because he's drunk. That power, the, the, the alcohol in him gives him that. Just like the person who takes drugs. He looks at himself, I can fly. And he goes to the window and he starts, things is flying and boom, on the concrete. The Holy Spirit does not do that to you. He empowers you not to go down, but to go up, to go closer to the Lord, grow in the Lord. You gain knowledge and wisdom and understanding. You get fellowship with the Holy Spirit. So when we're filled with the Spirit, walking in the Spirit, we seek to please the Lord by giving of ourselves, surrendering ourselves, being true disciples, as is said here in Luke 9 and 23, that being filled with the Spirit is a daily experience and not a one-time encounter. It's a daily practice of seeking, asking, and knocking for resources 
just where you will get them which will never run dry. Remember what he says in, about grace? Because without grace, we can't please God. You know, we need grace. We need grace to live in this world as Christians. We need grace to walk in the Spirit. Things happen. You're tempted. You're tested. You suffer losses of discouragement. Despair sometimes. So you need grace. Is why I said, when you have need of grace, come boldly. Don't be afraid. Even after you failed. Hebrews 4 and 16. Come boldly. How do you walk in the Spirit? It says here, Galatians 5 and verse 16 says, Walk in the Spirit and you will not fulfill the lusts of the flesh. If you're walking in the Spirit, listen. If you know that down a certain road, Avenue 1, such and such a thing goes on down there. And it's bad, not good for you. Why would you want to walk down there? But Avenue 2 is a safe place for you to walk. That's where you would walk, if you have any sense. Walk in, when you're walking in the spirit, whether you're jogging, sprinting, running, jumping, or skipping, so long as you're empowered by the Holy Spirit, you will always walk in the way of the Lord. You will walk in the Spirit. You will seek to please Him. Whether you're jumping, you're skipping, you're running, you're sprinting, or you're jogging, but you're walking, you're, you, you, and I'm speaking from the spiritual sense, not physically. Yes? So what we're saying here, to walk in the Spirit means you're going to do the will of the Father. You're going to be obedient. It means you're attached to the true vine. John chapter 15. When you're attached to the true vine, you are going to bear fruits. Not just fruits, but fruits that will remain. I've seen mangoes. The mango tree blossoms. Loads of blossoms. When you start seeing the mangoes coming, pass by again and you see a lot of what looks like ripe mangoes but they are small they're not developed they fall off the tree but they're yellow but they can't be eaten because they are not fit and so it is a lot of people oh they are caught up in the spirit but what when you look the fruits are dried up before they mature you don't want that. This is why you have to go through the rigors. That's why Jesus said, take up the cross daily and follow me. He said, take the straight and narrow road. That means you have time for your food to develop. You have to go through some rigorous training. Yes. You know, you want a, you want a certificate? I talk about, you know, the students who just want to sail through and I notice nowadays there's in some schools in this country they're passing children they can't read because they said oh no if we fail them it's going to be bad for them psychologically so they pass them give them a high school certificate and they go they can't even read don't know hay from bullfoot don't know the difference between hay and the hoof of a bull they can't read or I've listened to children reading, even adults reading. And you know what they're doing? They're calling words, but not a reading of any comprehension. 
There's calling words. That's not reading. And so a lot of people, the same way they read the scriptures. Oh, I read a passage this morning. What is it doing for you? If you understand what you read, and you start to allow the Holy Spirit to teach you, you learn how to walk in the Spirit to please God. To please Him, not yourself, not anyone else, but God. Every day, you'll be on your Father's business. And you know, keep in mind, without the Holy Spirit, you, are not, you, you can't perform the way you ought to. If you try to do it in your own self, you're going to fail. Or you may get some successes here, successes there, but they don't last. They're like froth. You know? They don't have no power, nothing to hold. Another thing, some people will say they are filled with the Spirit, but they don't want to be controlled by the Spirit. So I don't know how that works. How can you be filled with the Spirit, but you're not controlled by the Spirit? I suppose like the man who drinks, um, drinks liquor, but he's not drunk. <laughs> he's not drunk. But why drink to get drunk? But if you're filled with the Spirit... It should be doing something for you. It should be seen in your life. By your works. By your relationship with the Lord. The world should see that you're different. This person is walking in the spirit. There's a difference. You're not like the man who drinks and he's not drunk. It is a pleasure. We don't listen, you don't want to be filled with the spirit just for pleasure. Oh girl, I can speak in tongues. I yes, I'm Hell of the spirit every morning, girl. I feel the spirit. What's it doing? What's he doing for you? What is this this um experience doing for you? Is it enriching your life? Does the world see it, or do you have to tell the world? Do you have any fruits? Fruits that remain. Go back again to John 15. Remember also. To be filled with the Spirit as you go on the road, as you in your on your life's journey. This little car is filled with gas and has a good working engine, but no one drives it. That's being filled with the Spirit, but you just sit there, oh girl, oh yes, I'm so full of the Spirit, girl. Oh yes, every day I have the anointing. Oh yes, I walk in the anointing. What does this do for you? It's like having a car, an expensive car, and it's just parked in your garage. It's not driven. You get no benefit from it. All you do is show it off. You know? So you can't tell the performance of the car until it is driven. And how are you going to know the merit of the car? What it can do, it has to go through various terrains, roads, and weather, all kinds of weather, all kinds of hazards that will prove the worth of the car, the power of the car. Just being filled up with gas, good running order, looking good, shiny, 
and parked in the garage is of no use to no one. To anyone, I should say. So it is. Being filled with the Spirit is for work. Why do you think Jesus told them in Acts chapter 1, verse 8, Carry in Jerusalem until you be endued with power, then go out. Do you think you're anointed just to sit back and show off to the world I'm an anointed person? One person I remember had an email, the anointed minister. And you go around telling yourself, I'm an anointed minister. And no, 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 minister is just too low now. That's too low class. I'm an anointed apostle. A little while from they're going to be here, I'm an anointed Jesus. As a person who walks in the spirit, you're going to face various tests and trials to prove the spirit is in control of your lives. It means you have to be submissive to the Holy Spirit's leading and his guide. Otherwise, when you do things your way, you're going to fail because you're not giving heed to the Holy Spirit. You're working in your own flesh. And you grieve him. Ephesians 4, 32-32. Being filled with the Spirit is only the first phase of our walk. The next level is submission and then control by the Holy Spirit. And again, we must test the spirits. People are going to come to you, pastors. People are going to come to you with all kinds of credentials from this college and that college and this Bible college and theological college. And they have this doctorate and God knows what else. But he said, test the spirit. Is this the spirit of God or the devil? How do we know the difference? The spirit of God is light and he is righteousness, peace, joy, love, forgiveness, and truth. Everyone who says the Lord... The Lord is not the Lord of the Lord. And that person is not sent by God by him. Let me say here today. Being filled with the Spirit means that you're a new creature, a new creation. You start to show exactly that you're different. And you, not only that, you're able to identify demonic activities. You know how you can identify, they can know the legalistic people, apostates and heresies. Jesus said in John chapter 10 and verse, verse 1, he says, He enters not by the door unto the sheepfold, but climbs some other way, the same as a thief and a robber. The thief comes not but for to steal and to kill, and to destroy, I am come that they might have life and more abundantly. That's verse 10. You can read from John chapter 1 to 10. Let me say here, this passage, this particular passage, distinguishes the differences between satanic activities and those of the Holy Spirit. That's how you're able to identify the true spirit when the Holy Ghost is in a person's life. Nowadays, they're all, listen, did you know that in the, some churches, de, demonic spirits are in control? Witchcraft is in many churches. Many pastors work with witchcraft, with devils. Why do you think some of them are so rich? Do you think the money is coming from God? Do you think all that riches comes from God? No. 
Remember what the devil said when Jesus, um, after he was baptized, took him upon that mountain and said, listen, I can give you all these things. No, no, know this. The devil owns nothing. He's a thief and he's a liar. So he owns nothing. Jesus knew differently anyway. So you must test the spirits. And if there's ever been a time where we need to test the spirit, it is now. Because why? Many false prophets are out there. New church organizations. Did you know of them? I know of two of them. I won't call them. Yes, church organizations. <laughs> I believe if they were to be put next to the Holy Spirit or somebody who's really anointed, they'd fall. Just like remember um, when the ark got into that place? I saw the ark came in. They taken. The false God fell down. Every morning they go, they got to put God up. Couldn't even, can't even lift himself. It's all wood and stone. And so it is. Every spirit that confesses not, rather confesses that Jesus Christ is come in the flesh is of God. And every spirit that confesses not that Jesus Christ is come in the flesh is not of God. First John 4, 2 and 3. That's how we test the spirit. That's how we test. Because let me say, the spirit of the devil will not confess God. Oh, hallelujah. He will, it will not confess God. It will not acknowledge God. It will Acknowledge Jesus Christ. It will not acknowledge the blood. It will not acknowledge the Holy Spirit. You can tell the difference. So when these apostates come around you and these newfangled, <laughs> oh God Almighty, have mercy. So called Christians come around you, you can tell the difference. And mind you, they come with the new Bible, new fashioned Bibles. And those Bibles have a whole lot of omissions. Stick with the King James Bible. Another thing, he'll give you a word of knowledge. Do not believe every word that someone prophesies over you. And do not allow anybody, emphasize anybody, to lay hands on you. It is also very important that you do not lay hands suddenly on any person. That's in the scriptures. I don't have the scripture, but look for it. Lay hands suddenly on no one. Another thing. If you're walking in the spirit, you do not, you no longer feel guilt for your sins. We're talking about walking in the spirit. You no longer feel guilt for your sins. Because they've been washed away, Romans 8 and 1. There is therefore now no condemnation to them which are in Christ Jesus who walk not after the flesh, but after the spirit. What the devil does is to accuse God's people and if this does not work, he brings on a spirit of guilt or of your past sins. It's for you to look back again. Psalm 103 where it tells you where God said, as far as the heavens, rather east is from the west, so far has he removed your sins from you. It doesn't matter what kind of life you are living in. Could have been sexual immorality. Could have been a thief, a murderer, an embezzler, defrauder, what I call it, whatever you will, extortioner. And Jesus Christ saved you. You're watching his blood. You don't have to be ashamed anymore. Because Christ has set you free. But that's why when he was on the cross, Father, forgive them for they know not what they do. He was praying for you too. Another thing, the devil bring hopelessness. 
Psalm, read Psalm 42 and 43. But thank God those writers quickly discovered, no, 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 I'm not going to stay here. Why art thou cast down, O my soul? Why are disquieted within me? Hope in God, he gives you hope. In the face of hopelessness, the Holy Spirit, when you're walking in the Spirit, it gives you hope. It gives you tomorrow. That's what he, in Jeremiah 29 and 11, he says, I know the thoughts I think towards you, thoughts to do you good and not evil, to give you an expected end. That's what the Holy Spirit does for you when you walk in the Spirit. No matter how dark the future may look, when you look up, the oh, the, the, uh, when the look up is bright because the light of heaven is shining on you. Takes it from legalism. Colossians chapter 2, 20 to 23. Read it for yourself. When you're walking in the Spirit, you can tell the difference between legalism and what is the true word of God. There are many man made doctrines in order to keep members of organizations in bondage. In schools, colleges, many of them, I've read where you have colleges said, listen, we don't go for this thing about um, accreditation. You know what accreditation is all about? It is about, um, it's a man-made thing. But if you're a Christian schools, why do you need that? Let me ask, and I've read it there. There are some very powerful Christian schools. No, they don't have this thing about no, um, accreditation. You don't need it. What you need is the true word of God with the pillar and ground of the truth. You don't need man to, to credit you say, to, oh, yes, yes, yes. That's a good school. Who says a good school? What do they teach? What do they teach? Too many of these um, Christian schools following like the world that do, that teach the same thing the world teaches. And they put the label, quote, unquote, Christian, went until you go in there. Listen, I've been here, so I know. Some of the things, when you look at some transcripts to see what Christian schools are teaching, it makes you want to vomit. You don't need those things. It's not for a Christian school. Teach the students. Depending on the type of school you have, but if you have a theological college there, teach theology. There are lots of theories that talk about this thing about systematic theology. And there's some, I mean, some all kinds of different. I don't know where they get these titles from. These are devilish. That's all I can say. Absolutely devilish. And it's only for money. It's not to make the student any better. Not to prepare you for heaven. If what you're learning is going to prepare you for heaven, then that's okay. If it's not, if it's only for this world, you're in the wrong place. This is why here at Shekinah, we are concerned with what does the word say. We're not concerned about anything else. I did a lot of research concerning even um, accreditation. It means nothing to the Christian church. Let me say this. It means nothing to a Christian school. All it does is just give you that kind of, um, for this world, put it this way, for this world, not to prepare for the word to come. And if it's not, listen, listen to this carefully. If it's not preparing you for or has nothing to do with you being prepared for the word to come, you don't need it. Look for a college where they're going to teach the word. When you're finished, you have learned the word. I'm going to read something for you in a little while. Legalism, we talk about there are man-made doctrines in order to keep members of organizations in bondage. These are usually found in cults. 
and even some Christian churches and colleges where members are kept under the subjection of the leaders through stringent rules and personal agendas. You're not walking in the spirit by doing that. You're pleasing man. Those rules and regulations only serve to please leaders' whims and fancies. A member who breaks one of those rules is severely reprimanded. Let me say here, seek to please God. When you're looking for a college, say, God, please show me where to go. That's what you do. It's just like you're going to get married. You're going to marry someone. You do not just marry anyone. The first Susan you see, oh, yes, oh, yes, I'll marry her. She looks good. Oh, yes, she has a, what do you call it, the figure, um, pear, pear-shaped figure. That's a girl for me. No, who says so? You don't even know her. You don't even know her. So, what we are here to say to you today is this. Pay attention. Make sure that what you're doing is pleasing unto God. Make sure you seek to please God and not man. Make sure that when you're done, you know you're going to heaven. Going to a college is more than more than getting a piece of paper. Hear what one student said. Since I joined Jacana Theological College, my personal life and ministry has changed completely since I began to read and understand these notes for you shared with me from the first time. He says, I'm not the same as I used to think about ministry. God has changed all my visions and I see God is leading me to a better direction of my destiny where I walk with him and continue to have faith in his word. As the Bible says, behold, his soul which is lifted up in Lifted up is not upright in him, but the just shall live by his faith. Habakkuk 2 and 4. Everything has changed. The person continues. And I have faith that by the end of this course, I will impact my society where I live and the entire body of Christ with the true word and knowledge I have acquired from Shekinah Theological College. That's what we teach. That's why we only teach the word. We're not here to embellish ourselves with all these all things that they have here. And they, you have this and you have that and you have the other. No. We're only concerned about the word. What does the word say? May God bless you. And remember, if you're looking for a college, pray about it. Ask the Lord, is this a place for me, Lord? This is where you want me to go. And when you hear from him, you obey him. Father, we thank you for the word today about walking in the spirit, knowing how and how we can walk in the spirit and if we're walking in the spirit and the effect of walking in the spirit. May you bless the hearers who took the time to listen. May they take time to study as this student, Lord. And may their lives be changed as this student. To love you more, to draw closer to you, in Jesus' name, continue to cover me, bind all demonic force. These we ask in Jesus' name. Amen. This was a kind of theological college that brings to you.
or weekly Bible study, walking in the Spirit. It's important that you walk in the Spirit. We're at www.frministry.org. It's not a matter of getting a certificate. It's a matter of knowledge, gaining knowledge to help to win souls for Christ, to build you up and to win souls for Christ. If you are interested, please call us at 678-964-4096. All we teach here is the word. And this, this is what you want, whether it's counseling, um, Christian education, management, convict management rather. Right here, everything is based on what does the word say. Until we meet again, remember www.frministry.org, Safe Restoration Ministries, restoring lives on the inside out, one life at a time, and Shekinah Theological College answering what does the word say. God bless you. Until we meet again.